Hey guys, and welcome to The Messy Table. It's November and it's Tuesday and it's Podcast Tuesday, which happens to be my personal favorite day. So wherever you found yourself at this exact moment, in your car, in your closet, running on the treadmill during your lunch break, changing diapers and refilling sippy cups, or just trying to hide from the craziness that is 2020, we are truly so honored you're here. Well, my name is Jen Jewell, and I have the privilege of hosting this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new episode into your earbuds, your AirPods, your speakers every other Tuesday. And with me today as my co-host is my sweet friend, Amy Groeschel. And y'all, if you don't already know, in addition to locking arms with some incredibly brave women from all over the world, from all over the Capital C Church, we're also partnered with the women of our church, Life Church. And our very simple goal is to leverage this little thing called technology and this timeless thing called conversation to bring us all a fresh breath of truth and encouragement. I mean, God knows we could certainly use it. So we say it all the time that God is at work in our mess. And that's basically the overarching theme of the entire Bible and our entire lives. But we still have a part to play as our guests today will so beautifully describe. We get to choose our response. We choose whether to focus on the chaos, the clutter, the heartache, the mess, or on our all-knowing, fully capable, never lacking, always dependable God. Yes, the same God who is willingly, lovingly, intentionally working in the details of our lives. It makes me think of Deuteronomy 30, 19, where God says, Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. Guys, get ready, because the amazing Gina England is our guest at the messy table for episode 90. She's also a wife and mom and homeschooling guru and Bible teacher who is deeply passionate about her Savior and pointing others to know Him as well. You know, we might be in the trenches of a crazy year, but Gina has all kinds of wisdom to offer us from experience, from scripture, from a heart of longing to chase what matters most. So grab that coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Gina. Well, Gina, welcome to The Messy Table. We're so glad you're here. Thank you, Jen and Amy. I am so excited to be here. So Gina is such a special guest to me. We have been ministry partners for like eight years now, Mm -hmm. um, leading youth girls in Bible study together. I cannot even believe how many years, but I'm excited for our listeners to hear just bits of Gina's story because what I get the privilege of is just knowing such a precious sister in Christ who is so deep-rooted in her love for the Lord, her love for people, her love of God's Word. And um, you're going to be blessed today through yes. this precious sister friend of mine. I can already see it. And I just met you today. I want yeah, to hear more. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. So, Gina, we want first just to get an overview of who you are. What about your family, about you, so we can just know a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, my name is Gina England. My husband and I, Derek, we've been married for 17 years. And 
I am wild about this man. He (laughs) is a godly man. He is so wise and he's fun and adventurous. And I have absolutely loved getting to grow up with him. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is a blast to get to be married to him. (laughs) We have two children. Our daughter Sawyer is 12 and she is kind and she's compassionate and she's brave and absolute delight to get to be a mom. Such a cute name for a girl. Mm -hmm. Oh, it fits her so well. Sawyer Grace. And our son, Jack, is 11. So, you know, just by the ages, they are 13 months to the day apart. And Jack is magnetic. He has a personality that we are just drawn to. He is adventurous and he's so smart and athletic. And this kid keeps us on our toes. Mm. He is fun. Um, He's a jack of all trades. There's nothing that (laughs) this boy cannot do. And my kids are obsessed with your kids and think that they're perfect. They're pretty close to perfect. In my eyes, they are, but I am so partial. But my children, they adore yours. Your girls are such a gift in our kids' life. And my kids have been in diapers with Amy's girls babysitting. So so um, fun. And it's funny because I have a Derek husband as well and a Jack. That's right. So I know. If you could just have a Sawyer, Jen, then you're like partial twins. I have a sweet Hallie (laughs) and I wouldn't trade her. So, (laughs) right. So we homeschool. Uh, I love getting to disciple their hearts. Homeschooling is probably the top three joys of my Mm. life, getting Mm. to pour into them and to have this time. um, I treasure it. Mm. And God actually called us to homeschooling before we even had kids. I grew up in public school. My husband was in public school. I had absolutely no idea what this thing even looked like. Mm And it's been wonderful. We we love homeschooling. So I love being in England. I feel like I've hit the jackpot with <laughs> my husband and kids. I really do. I feel like the most blessed woman in the world and think God must be so crazy about me to give these three to mm-hmm. me. You're like the Queen of England. That's right. That's right. You said I am the Queen of England. That's right. Queen. Gina right. Queen. You should stop talking like this. Okay. The and then next the podcast <laughs> is, um, but more about me personally is I love the Lord. I am absolutely enamored by him. I love the scriptures. The word of God is so alive to me. I mean, it is literally my daily bread. I want to be fed by the word every day. I was raised Catholic up until I was 18. And so from that upbringing, I have this strong reverence for God. He is holy to me. I respect him. He is God almighty. But then also my dad Uh, my earthly father here, he is so kind and he's tender and gentle and he's loving and dependable. And so I just early on formulated this view of God that he was to be revered, but he was also the one that I want to run to. He is my comforter. Mm. He is loving. Um, So that upbringing paired with just growing in relationship with God and intimacy, pairing those together, it just makes God, he's my everything. Mm. I I love him mm-hmm. with with everything in me. Um, I love teaching Bible to our teen girls, Amy. They are such a joy to my heart to get to pour into this next generation. Mm-hmm. I also love teaching Bible to women. I love 80s and 90s country music. Come on. <laughs> it is true. What's your favorite song? I'm going to tell you what. Anything by Alabama, yes. I am in. Oh. <laughs> I, play me some mountain play music. I'm just ready for it. Music. Oh, man. <laughs> I am always ready for a dance party. And I am a cheerleader at heart. I cheered throughout middle school and high school. 
And I am ready to cheer anybody on. I still high kick to this day, 20 years later. <laughs> if we had a camera in here, you could do I it for totally us. I would totally do it. I would totally do it. But I'll tell you, um, high kicking in my home is just a standard that we do. And what really gets the high kick out is in a day that I call double sweats day. And you might want to take notes here because double sweats day is when you get to wear both a sweatshirt and sweatpants. Yeah. Have you ever tried this? Praise the Lord. I mean, and? stretch out before you put these on because it's going to make want to make you high kick. I just am <laughs> going with it the minute I get them on. I own three pairs of sweatpants and I think four sweatshirts. And if I play my cards right on the laundry, come on. I mean, I can get most days out of the week in my double That's sweats. That's right. And we're double approaching sweats. double sweat I'm not weather. ashamed to wear something twice either. So. I'm, just, exactly. I'm glad to hear that this isn't sweats on top of sweats. <laughs> no, that would be way too hot. Too you hot. just put that top on and bottom and your day is good. What's the benefit of a high kick. The high kick, I think it just brings a certain air to the atmosphere where you're just like, I'm in it to win it. Let's do this. <laughs> Today is a good day. I think you're speaking a good day right. over that day of that high kick. I heard someone say recently, oh, I thought it was awesome. They said, taking off your mask after you leave a store is the new taking off your bra <laughs> when you get home from work and putting on sweats. And I was like, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, I throw that thing. <laughs> The mask or the bra, Amy? Both. <laughs> That's good. Uh, freedom, freedom. That is good. good. Okay, yeah. so you homeschool and you love it. I want to hear all your secrets because right now, you know, there's people that do, of course, homeschool. And then there's yes. people that don't homeschool, but they're virtual schooling or whatever. So tell me, what have been some things that have been challenges in the past, but you've learned to work through that? Now you obviously love it. Sure. I think probably... My children, first off, they are naturally compliant children. God has gifted me with just the most precious, sweet, well-behaved kids. They've never given us problems. Man, girl. I'm telling wow. you, they're perfect. Okay. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> Teach but... me your ways, Yoda. <laughs> but it's just been a sweet gift from God. So mm -hmm. my biggest problem probably was when my son was younger. So he's probably five. And I'm reading and he's doing handstands or cartwheels while my six-year-old daughter would sit next to me just real prim and proper gotcha. ready. And she's mm -hmm. she's engaged. And then Jack is doing cartwheels. And <laughs> I literally have pictures of him doing handstands on the couch with his legs on the wall. And it would frustrate me that he was not paying attention. But by the time it would come around where I would review, okay, well, what did mama just read? He knew every single answer. Mm -hmm. And it was so frustrating because I'm like, you weren't even paying attention. You just needed creative liberty. But mm -hmm. that's my thing. You know what? Not everyone needs to just sit down in that desk. If your child needs to be working on some Legos or doodling right. and drawing, let them have that freedom because their brains are able to take in what we are saying verbally. They can hear auditorily and then also just kinetically do something, yeah. giving them the space just to be them and really trying to tailor their learning style, like yeah. the way I teach, tailoring it to them. Mm -hmm. And connecting with them. And that's good. I attest to this because Mandy, our second daughter, she was age four and she learned to read standing up. She would not sit still, but she wanted to learn. And so she did it wiggling around standing, like looking down at the book, but she would not be still. And so, <laughs> yeah, and they have different learning styles. So you yeah. have the freedom when you homeschool to let them stand, let them do cartwheels while they're right. listening. And mm -hmm. it's perfect. I love it. My son would be up in a tree trying to read. Yeah. So you would just need the megaphone, That's Jen, right. to get it up <laughs> to him. As long as you're listening, it's just fine. 
<laughs> yeah, you can answer the questions. Okay, so obviously this is the messy table. That's why we're here, just to share stories of God's faithfulness. And it's 2020, things are crazy. And then I'm sure that you've had things in your life that just haven't always been so prim and proper and perfect. And so if you would, just peel back some layers. Sure, you bet. So as I was preparing for this, I felt like the Lord just started leading me and make a list, make a list of all the messiness that I could think of in my life and just recalling that. And some of the things were just painful to write down. And I'll and I'll touch on those in a minute, but just recalling all of the messes. But then after writing on that list, getting to see God's hand mm. of faithfulness mm-hmm. and of goodness and that He is sovereign, no matter what kind of storm I was in, my God was in control. Mm-hmm. And even preparing for this podcast, um, it was kind of messy in my mind also, with my heart's desire is I want to be a stagehand in this. Jen and Amy, I want to be dressed in black, pulling a curtain that my God is standing center stage on with just the spotlight on him. Mm-hmm. And so I had a hard time mm-hmm. wanting to share story instead of just focusing on the goodness of God, because that's my heart's desires for all of us to mm-hmm. be propelled and inspired to deeper intimacy with him. So as I was preparing for this, I've got almost 40 years of material here. Hmm. Um, But I feel like God gave me three areas to share in, in which he sustained me through every single circumstance. And the earliest mess that I could recall was my parents' divorce. I was 11 years old when they got a divorce. It was completely unexpected. I don't even remember the setting of that evening when my brother and sister and I were told that our parents were divorcing, but I just remember being blindsided in that moment and just the rug being swept out from underneath my feet and acknowledging my life would never look the same. It really shook the foundation of our family, obviously, and it was like mourning a death. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was traumatic in that moment, but that trauma, it didn't end on that 11th year of life. It didn't end when the divorce was finalized. The trauma of it continued and it spanned on for at least a decade Mm -hmm. because my life as a child, it didn't stop. I still played basketball and I played softball and I would Mm -hmm. have parents in the stands sitting on opposite ends Mm -hmm. and You know, you graduate from high school and you're wondering, okay, which parent do I go say hi to first? Or Mm. your college graduation, we're all in the same auditorium, but at all separate ends, which parent do I go say hi to first? And so Mm. it was just a traumatic 10 years for me. Mm -hmm. We said it kind of feels like a death. And I think that makes sense because it is the death of what was. Right, right. And to be blindsided, you know, it wasn't like, I had seen my parents fighting all the time, and this was a relief to me. This was just the absolute shock of my life. And then my husband, he also came from a similar background. So he was a little bit older. He was 16 when his parents got a divorce, but the same blindsided Hmm. news of hearing this. And it was a traumatic divorce. Um, But God has used our backgrounds of coming from divorce, and he has given Derek and I more resolve Mm -hmm. for our marriage than I think either of us would have had otherwise. Yeah. I mean, and we are resolute in seeing our marriage um, survive, but we're not wanting to survive. We are passionate about thriving mm-hmm. in our marriage. That's good. Um, but during that whole, the first mess, that first area, my eyes were not on God. 
But God was sustaining me in every situation and in every circumstance. Yes. And then the next area is marriage. Early marriage, I can remember so many times just digging in my heels. I am a hard-headed Italian (laughs) and getting married young and not being trained up in submission. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. Which is so surprising because you're so the opposite now. I mean, that's the work of God in me. And he gave me a first class ticket to submission, <laughs> but not after several years of marriage. I mean, mm. I think my husband would be like, if I could have just had this girl the whole time, <laughs> this would have been great. But um, I just, I remember we had an apartment on campus. It was tiny, but there was a spare bedroom. And I also remember, known as the doghouse. <laughs> oh, no, we did have a name for it, though. <laughs> and because I was so set on us being co-bosses that we called this room the co-bossier. What? Awesome. Yes, it was the guest co-bosses. room. Co-bosses. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to submit, Amy. I just wasn't wow. going to do it. So it was the co-bossier room, and we referred to it frequently. I mean, hey, honey, have you seen my shirt? Have you seen my hat? I've checked the Cobossier. I mean, ridiculous. But no, I will tell you the sanctifying work that God has done in my life and in Derek's life and in just our hearts, refining us through these last 17 years. It has been the most intimate and beautiful experience Mm -hmm. with him. And Mm -hmm. yes, I am first in line to submit to my husband. I want to be underneath his authority. I know very well that this is how God has set up harmony in our home, and I'm on board totally. So, so what, what would, oh, I was going to ask, what was the shift? Is that what you yeah, were going to ask? Yeah, what happened? What changed? The Word of God, seeing how in God's Word that it was wives, submit to your own husbands, and taking God at His Word, and taking it literal, and shutting out all what the world had to say about submission, that you're going to be a doormat, you're going to get walked over, and just trusting God in my role as an act of obedience to God, that was that game changer for us. Mm-hmm. And I will sign up to submit any day of the week. Well, submission husband. gets a bad rap for sure. But now I think I view it more as protection. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, in some ways, like my husband's the one that's going to be accountable before God for certain things. You mm-hmm. bet. And I get to sit under the protection <laughs> of his wings, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And it's actually a beautiful thing when it's not abused For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. And I do think that I have it easy with, as far as my husband, he is surrendered to the Lord. He is submitting to the Lord. And so saying yes to him is easy because I know he has already sought God on these matters. And And in a lot of ways, it's mutual submission. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Bible talks about that, right? Mm -hmm. Love and respect. And so we're mutually submitted to each other, but of course, also under the authority. Right. Right. So so Gina, is there an example of like, when you were co-bosses and how that kind of fell apart uh, versus the new and improved Gina who was submitting to her husband? Sure. I can tell you, Amy, in the early days where I was not going to submit to him at all, there was a lot of tension. There was um, just butting heads a lot because I would not back down and he would not back down. And, you know, there's this term when you feel like your kingdom is assaulted. (laughs) And so I think I would fight for my kingdom and Derek would fight for his kingdom. And when I say fight, I want to preface this. We're not door slammers. There's nothing dramatic about it. That's not our style, but we are both headstrong people. Are you silent treatment people? Like get in bed and turn the opposite ways and not talk? No, I'm Italian. I mean, (laughs) I will fight to the death. Whereas um, 
Derek, no, he's not a silent Jimmy. He's a wise fighter that can put me in my place every single time because <laughs> Man. I fight emotionally yeah. and he fights like mentally. He's like, so let me get this straight, Gina. It's what my husband You're does. You're upset <laughs> me too. because of this. Listen, we almost lost our minds over a game of Catan the other day. So <laughs> real life. Important we stuff. can't play Scrabble. <laughs> that's our off-limit game. Okay, so Amy, that's early on, just not submitting and just that mm-hmm. tension being there and really it just wastes your day it wastes time Mm -hmm. and then now where Derek you know wants to lead us in one way and and me agreeing have you sought God on this yeah this is the way I feel like we should go okay let's do it there is such harmony I mean Mm -hmm. it is a night and day difference and I think when you allow your husband to lead they just rise up to be that leader because I remember early on in marriage I just wanted a spiritual leader so bad mm-hmm. and I was constantly micromanaging that like <laughs> I wanted to do a devotion on Sunday Is night Craig that's talked about I do not want to do a Beth Moore Bible study <laughs> yeah. we love Beth Moore but yeah. that's not what I'm in the that's mood for that's not the spiritual leader I want to be yet. well I would every Sunday I would just casually lay out that devotion book you know oops here it is it's on the counter I can't believe you know just it'd be out there and Derek would see it and and he's convinced that this book that was written by a couple is actually written by the wife because um, <laughs> he felt like he it was always towards you know a man but God is good he he allows so much beauty after years together that now when we do disagree about something God allows Derek to see beyond like my fussiness And he will smile at me in the midst of it. And then the whole thing, just the tide turns at that point, you know, where a smile 17 years ago, I mean, that would be game on, like telling me to calm down or something. But now that smile is calming to me Mm -hmm. because it's love. And and that's, but in those times early on in our marriage, my eyes were on the mess Mm. of it again. And I wasn't looking for God to sustain me in every circumstance, every situation. Mm. My mind wasn't there. Well, I have one more example to share. And all of these are just examples of when my eyes were on the mess instead of on God. And that is um, with motherhood. So as we've already established, I have two amazing children. (laughs) I can't think of any recent like mess with them because they are so good. But when they were younger, my husband traveled a lot. And we had two in diapers for a few years. And I remember on one particular weekend, um, my husband was away working and one of them took their diaper off unbeknownst to me. So then there's a giant mess. I am cleaning up the carpet and the mess actually required like the steam cleaner. So I loaded Mm. that thing up with water and soap and I'm steaming the carpet. And I have no idea why I walked away from this machine and I would never (laughs) make the same mistake twice. But I walked away. I found the other child who was coloring in the grout of the tile. And I don't know if you've Mm. tried to get a crown out of grout, but it's next Mm. to impossible. I come back. And that steam cleaner had been knocked over. So just messy water all over the floor. I think I'm going to lose my mind at this point. Hmm. So I call a neighbor. She comes, hangs out with the kids. I call my dad. He comes and picks me up. He brings a pizza and takes me for a car ride for about 30 minutes. And I remember him telling me, well, you know, Gina Bear, some women are are meant to stay at home and some women are meant to be out in that workforce. And I just don't know if you staying at home, I don't know if this is for you. 
And then I'm just crying on top of that. No, dad, I'm just having a bad day. I am called to do this because I knew before (laughs) we even had kids, God had called us into homeschooling. And so that's just another time where my eyes were on the literal mess, but not on God, who in every situation was sustaining me. Mm -hmm. Through that time, um, I also dealt with fear a lot and was really in bondage to fear for a good decade of my life. And fear in your mind and trusting God, they cannot cohabitate. Mm-hmm. Right. And what took over was the fear. So during that whole time, I was not, I wasn't looking for God, but God gave me eyes to see him because somewhere in the midst of early marriage to early motherhood, God just opened the blinders. I was delivered from fear. What he, was your main fear of? Was it losing your kids? Was it something going It was usually health. I had a lot of health Mm -hmm. trials that I went through. I remember, I think I was six months pregnant with my son. So it must have made Sawyer like 15 months at this point. probably doing the math wrong. 19 months, probably. Um, And being tested for cancer. Mm-hmm. So just biopsy, just constantly like that. I was not going to be here to raise my kids. That was probably my greatest fear, early death. But God delivered me from that fear and he gave me eyes to see him, to watch him in action as he would sustain me in all the circumstances. And I became expectant, like just looking for him and everything. My eyes were peeled like, OK, this is a mess. But God, where are you? What are you doing? And he gave me this this childlike faith because as I was growing in relationship with him, I understood who he was. So I knew he was working on behalf of my good. Whether I could see it or not, in the physical, I was just keenly aware of him. Hmm. So good. I want to bring something up that you said earlier about the mess. We don't just have the mess, the messy table, just for the sake of the mess. Right. We recall the mess because it's a mess with a purpose. It's a mess that's been redeemed by a faithful, righteous God. Right. And so we don't just highlight the mess. We're highlighting God right. in our mess. Right. Right. So. Right. So I want to juxtapose the two things. Those three issues that I described early on, that was completely my eyes on the mess and not on God. And now I want to show you an example in my life where I actually had my eyes on God through a mess. Um, In 2017, on July the 3rd, we had been at a birthday party for a friend's child. Their child had turned one. And it was the evening. It was probably seven and our family loads up in our van and we're heading north and it was our turn to go through the intersection and um, we were t-boned by a car that was heading west into that setting sun and I remember in that instant checking on my husband and checking on the kids and they were fine and I pulled down the visor and looked in the mirror and instantaneously I had this huge goose egg on my head and I went into absolute freak out mode. So I'm like screaming. I don't know what's happening. I'm waiting for the ambulance to come and get me. We were just a couple miles away from our friend's home. So they were able to come and be with us to take the kids back to the party. And what hit you? I hit the um, door frame. The passenger mm-hmm. door frame mm-hmm. is right where I had hit. So I'm waiting. And then we had a friend just drive me to the hospital because the ambulance was taking too long. And I don't know if it was fear or shock or being a wild Italian, (laughs) but I acted so obnoxious in this car ride and like sitting in the waiting room in a wheelchair. I just want to get back there. I just want to get back there. It's Mm -hmm. one of the times where you act so bad 
that you pray this person will forget your behavior, (laughs) but then you also know at the same time how unforgettable it really was. (laughs) Um, So I'm at the hospital. We go through a lot of tests. Uh, They do a CAT scan, and then they decide it's just a concussion. And thank God. I mean, God spared Mm -hmm. the four of our lives. And so they told me, go home and rest and just take it easy. So we do that. We go home, and a couple days go by, and I'm spending a lot of time on the couch And I'd get up every so often. And I remember probably on day two after the wreck, trying to cut an avocado. It was a soft avocado. And I could not perform this task. My body was willing, but my brain was not able. And it's the oddest feeling you've ever felt where you're like, I I can do this, but you can't Mm -hmm. do it. And so seeing me struggle for those couple of days, my husband takes me back to the doctor and, um, They run some more tests and they figure out that not only is it a concussion, but it's a severe concussion. And their best prescription for me was to be in a dark room for two weeks with no auditory stimulation and no visual stimulation. And I don't know if we get the magnitude of what that means. Hmm. Quarantine on steroids. For sure. You have no cell phone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you have no cell phone. You have no TV. I couldn't read anything. I couldn't even flip through my Bible if I wanted to. You weren't supposed to listen. I couldn't listen to the Bible if I wanted to or to a podcast or even conversations with my family, even having that stimulation. And so in this moment of two weeks in bed, God was my pastor. My eyes were fixed on him. And through those years that he had been writing his word on my heart, that he had had me so familiar with his stories and who he was in the scripture, he would draw those out. And just daily, I was being encouraged by the Lord and just the Holy Spirit teaching me and guiding me. And during that time, I kept thinking of 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where Paul wrote, you know, boasting in our weakness because God's power is made perfect in weakness. And I knew during that time how absolutely weak I was. Um, And Paul also wrote, you know, he knew how to be content in every situation, whether Mm -hmm. he had plenty or he had none. And so working for contentment and knowing God that he never changes, like he is who he says Mm -hmm. he is. In Malachi 3, 6, God himself said that he does not change. And so through um, studying the Psalms, like the things that God kept reminding me, he is my comforter and drawing upon him in that, God, I need your comfort right now. I I receive you as my comforter and and just picturing us walking through that. Or he is my shepherd and just being that lamb, the weakest one in the fold at that point, hmm. just knowing my, my shepherd was carrying me through this or mm-hmm. that he's always praiseworthy, that despite my circumstance, I can praise God mm-hmm. in the midst of this. Um, he's my refuge. He's sovereign, knowing that he is fully in control. And so just drawing on who he was. And that wasn't obviously my first time to see God. But during that time, my eyes were fixed on him. He's all I had. Mm -hmm. I had to keep my mind on him. I had to keep my eyes on him. And previously, you know, he sustained me in all the situations. But this time I got to watch him sustain me. And in Isaiah 26, 3, he says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you Mm -hmm. because he trusts in you. And that scripture does not say he keeps your life in perfect peace, mm-hmm. that you're never going to have right. troubles. But he says when your mind is fixed on him, you will 
be kept in perfect peace. And during those whole two weeks, I was never robbed of peace. I was never mm. robbed of hope. I was never robbed of joy. And that two weeks, it carried over into, it was uh, four and a half months that the Lord had told us. We didn't know the time amount, but we knew he told us to just wait on purchasing a car. And so I had to go to physical therapy three days a week with sharing a car for 12 <laughs> weeks, my daughter and I. But my eyes were aware of God. God, you're in this. I trust mm-hmm. you in this. And in this childlike faith of, I don't know why my husband and I are sharing a car. I think we make an excellent team. But God, <laughs> I believe you are you are just increasing us as a team for something that is to come. I was mm-hmm. just alert to him. Gina, this is incredible what you're sharing. I just want to highlight for our listeners that for two weeks, you're in the darkness of a room with just the presence of God. And you said there was peace and you were trusting him. Your mind was on him and he was pastoring and sustaining you and that that peace never left. But how you contrasted that to a season where you were debilitated by fear. Mm -hmm. And you said that God had delivered you from that fear, um, the fear that was connected to your health. Mm -hmm. And so what I would love to hear is, first of all, how did God deliver you from that fear? And then how did that play into, you know, you experienced the presence of God in that dark, quiet room without the fear? The only way I can say that I experienced that time without fear is just the hand of God, the miracle of God. And when I was delivered from fear, I was 30 years old. And there was two things that went on simultaneously. Um, One, I remember seeing Pastor Craig out in the parking lot, and he had just preached a message on anxiety. And I remember asking him to pray for me. And he laid hands on me Mm. and prayed. And I remember just chains being broken. And then Mm. I went through Beth Moore's Breaking Free That was actually the first Bible study that I had ever done. And I remember having these pictures of like, not only did Christ die for my sin, that I may have eternal life, but picturing my Savior on the cross that is marred and thinking he didn't give his life so that I would be living in chains. Hmm. He gave his life so that I would live in freedom and that I would live in him. And so just God breaking those chains and then giving me these acknowledgments of Jesus had sacrificed so much for me to be. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. Not living. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not from it's him. Freedom. It doesn't even line up in scripture. You're right, yes, Amy. Right. right. But the differences in those different situations that you described is that you were focused on the mess. You were focused on the fear. You were focused on your insecurity or whatever it was, mm-hmm. or you were focused on the light. Right. In yeah. the darkness. Right. So good. Right. So, yeah, I would take a mess with my eyes fixed on God before I would choose to focus on the mess. And I want to share some other lessons that I learned. Just these are in the last handful of years. Um, I had an Instagram account. This was probably five or six years ago. I had put such parameters on this thing, such boundaries. I thought I was really doing good here. You know, I wasn't going to follow people unless their name was in my cell phone. Like, (laughs) I'm in an intimate relationship with you. It's not just... Hey, these fashion bloggers or whatever. Um, I thought I was doing good, but God, that was not my best yes for him. And he tore down that idol in my Mm -hmm. life because I was using time Mm -hmm. on there. And I never want to be more excited about something than I am to be with God. Mm -hmm. And then I went through this working out phase where I was fixated on my physical self. And I would follow these two women in their workouts and 
I just want to say they had not had kids yet. <laughs> so it's a real thing. It is. Two C-sections over here. <laughs> I'm, same here. It's just not, you know, quite the same. <laughs> more That's twinning. Right. More twinning. That's right. But that was not my best yes. And God tore down that idol. And then mm. I went through in the last couple of years what I call my YouTube phase where I would watch things on YouTube. If there was just idle time, I would watch things and I would deem them as good. You know, like, well, it's just addictive. Isn't keeping it? your family safe, you know, like setting up your home, whatever it is, nutrition, health. And I was looking in all of those things just to be satisfied by something. And God called me completely off of the YouTube phase because I had the wrong agenda with it. And Instagram and the working out is that I was looking for satisfaction, but this world was not created to satisfy me. And mm. I was not created to be satisfied by this world. And so for the purposes of what I was using those outlets for, I can really relate to Paul when he wrote in Philippians 3, 8, that everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, mm. my mm-hmm. Lord. And I also think about in Ecclesiastes one fourteen, um, it says, I've seen everything that is done under the sun and behold, All is vanity and striving after the wind. So I cannot chase after the wind Mm. and love the Lord my God the way that he has called me to love him. Mm. I cannot chase after the wind and love my husband the way that God has called me to love him. I cannot chase after the wind and love and be devoted to my children the way that they deserve. Mm. I cannot chase after the wind and serve in ministry and what I'm called to do. I feel like I've got one shot in this life and I cannot be distracted. Wow. And from having that experience with the Lord, those two weeks, like I know he is where I am satisfied. You know, there's a Psalm um, that talks about in your presence is the fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure David's probably talking about that face to face presence, but I do believe we can totally experience God's presence here on this earth. Mm, That's where I'm going to receive my full joy. And so that is fully what I'm about. I am not up for getting distracted. I am not up for getting tangled in anything that is going to inhibit me from running my race to him. It's funny you say that. My father-in-law and my sister-in-law, so my husband's parents and then his sister, they all live kind of in the same big plot of land. And they both have gardens. Well, my son planted some sweet potatoes with my father-in-law. But then some hay bales got in front of it and they kind of ignored the sweet potatoes, right? So there was tons of weeds. The vines weren't taken care of all that. Well, then my sister-in-law planted less, took care of it. And the other day they went to harvest the sweet potatoes. And since they hadn't taken care of the ones on Poppy's side, Mm -hmm. um, they didn't reap a very big harvest. But my sister-in-law, who didn't plant many, but took care of it, had this huge harvest with all these huge sweet potatoes. Anyway, oh, cool. it's a silly story. But the point is, my son came home and was talking about how the weeds had choked out the sweet potatoes. Even mm-hmm. the ones that they dug up were small because mm-hmm. they didn't have a lot of nutrition coming mm-hmm. to him. <laughs> it makes me think of that, that we can be so distracted by the world. And it's not that these things that you're talking about in themselves are bad. Right. Instagram, yeah. working out, right. YouTube. These are great things. They're fine in moderation. Right. So have you cut those things out of your life completely or have you found a balance? Are you just like, Lord, I just don't want anything that's going to distract me. I don't want anything. I am not about getting distracted. I feel like I literally do not have time for it. So I five or six years ago deleted that Instagram account and quit following those people that work out. I still work out most days of the week, but nothing that I'm obsessive about, nothing that is 
an idol in my life. Mm. I do not get on YouTube. I do get on there to worship. My kids and I, we worship Mm. the Lord through our homeschooling every day. And we usually choose songs on there with lyrics. But I'm not looking to the world to satisfy me. I get my fill in Him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that those things can be used great. I think that Instagram and social media, I have seen so many people use it so beautifully for ministry. And I understand going to there and getting inspired and... But for the purposes that I was using it for, it was it was idolatry. What would you say to someone who can even identify an idol? Like, I think this is a problem for me. I think this is an idol, mm-hmm. but it's just so hard to be disciplined enough to mm-hmm. give it up. What would you say? I would say that cutting off the things that were idols in my life has been the best thing. It is freedom. Mm-hmm. I am ready to swim upstream. I... I'll tell you, I have no lack in relationship for not following people on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm okay not knowing what they had last night for dinner. I still (laughs) feel like we are equally as close in friendship. Mm -hmm. And those big things, I don't want to learn them on Instagram from a friend. Like, um, if there's a birthday party, I'm there at the birthday party. Um, And so— it's good. Be audacious. I looked Mm -hmm. up the definition to audacious the other day, and it was just doing the unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I think how many times do people expect us to stay in the rat race, trying to keep up with the Joneses? You know, it's Mm -hmm. not a lot that someone will delete an account and be satisfied. I am living proof that you can have a fuller life without those things. I feel that way about all the random holidays that people come up with these days, even (laughs) don't hate me guys, Valentine's Day. I'm like, oh, it just, yeah, I won't go into it, but I do feel like we can get so distracted. Mm -hmm. Now you love those things and that's your, you know, your thing and your love language. Awesome. I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying for me, we can be so distracted by the next party and the next holiday and the next little thing that it can drain us. Right. And I, I love that, you know, you were being sensitive to the conviction of the Holy Spirit in those mm-hmm. moments. Right. In your and, life. Yeah, for right. you, for your personal walk. And then you responded in obedience and you saw it for what it was and you saw it as an, an idol because God sees our hearts and all of those things. And I think the most challenging thing that I think when you were sharing about um, how you can't chase after the wind, that that meaningless thing and do this other thing well. So I think that's the great challenge in this message for all of us mm-hmm. to to reconsider our routines and the things that we put so much time into and some of it we already know deep down is that time waster and just reevaluate it and take it to the Lord because we, yeah. we should pray about all things. We should, you know, not just assume that this area of our life is is not an option for prayer, but take it all before God so that you can live for Him. And we have on our kitchen uh, this plaque on our wall that says, Chasing What Matters. And, um, you know, that's just been a theme for my heart, for my family for so long that that we live that. for what matters. Mm-hmm. And so our yeah. choices matter. And what you've done is maximized your life by making choices that matter. So mm-hmm. I think that's powerful and it can be applied in innumerable ways. And I know from Gina, like this isn't a legalistic rule setting thing mm-hmm. in our life. Like you said, Amy, yeah. being sensitive to the Holy Spirit just cutting away those things that really are worthless. Yeah. They, they're wind. When yeah. compared to God, it's just wind. And I feel like I don't have time yeah. to chase after the wind. Um, I want to get this life here mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And, we um, yeah. and wind looks different in all of our lives. You know, it could be the online shopping that you're addicted to or man's approval, you know, just mm-hmm. wanting the applause of others. But the psalm, I don't 
know exactly where it's located right now, but just search me, oh God, and know my heart. Mm-hmm. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you yeah. to really bring yourself before the Lord and to submit. And he may reveal something to you that you don't feel like you mm-hmm. can do, mm-hmm. but you can ask him to help you in that. Yeah. Um, God, I don't think I can delete this or quit this habit, mm-hmm. but God mm-hmm. can strengthen you because he is yeah. strong in That's our right. weakness. It's like the minimalist lifestyle, but in the spiritual yeah. realm. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's maximizing in yeah. the spiritual realm. Right, right. There's freedom on the other side of obedience. Oh, without so. a doubt. And I would rather be obedient than to get outside of God because I trust God. And I know mm-hmm. that um, when he tells me something and he's calling me a different direction, it is for my good. As mm-hmm. what I've continually seen in him my whole entire life right. is he's good and he's faithful. He's trustworthy. Yeah. So I'm eager to obey him. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he knows our hearts. And so if we're seeking him, it's not a legalistic thing. He loves it when his kids are seeking him and following him. And so mm-hmm. he knows us best. Right. Well, Jen, I want to fast forward to 2020. So, you know, the big event of 2017, that was actually not the only two weeks that I had spent in bed in 2017. March of that same year, I had the flu and had a hard time getting over it, but I was in bed for another two weeks. That time looked a lot different. I had access to my phone. I could watch TV, but man, that dark, intimate time with God being still and knowing that he is God, I would take that two weeks any day of the week. So this year in 2020, life is still messy, (laughs) but I know fully how to lean on God. And I didn't learn how to lean on him in the best days of my life. I learned how to lean on him in my worst days, but that's in my bones now. I, I know this. So this year so far, I've had 13 migraines and then a handful of other circumstances or sick days. So I've spent three weeks in bed in 2020 collectively. Mm -hmm. But I have learned to praise God in the pain. Rewind 10 years ago, getting migraines. There is no way I would have been praising him in the pain. I would have been focused on the pain. I would have been focused on the discomfort. Mm -hmm. But to be able to utter and sing and worship him through the pain has been life-changing for me. And he's teaching me to make the most out of that time. When I know that, okay, I'm in bed, I want him. He's what I want. God, I'm expecting you. What are we going to do today? He is the one that satisfies me. Well, when you say pain, I just need everybody to understand because you may not be a migraine person. I'm not even like a migraine or even usually a, a little headache person. I get them. They're awful. And, and I know different migraines are harder than others. Mm-hmm. Your symptoms are like you can't see sometimes. That's what mine are. Mine are, yes, absolutely debilitating. I cannot see it's a nauseating feeling to not be able to see. And plus I'm like type A. And so I'm out of control completely in this moment. Um, The left side of my body, my arm, the whole left side of my face will go numb. My speech is impaired. It's a traumatic experience. And then of course, then the pain hits and then you're dealing with that. But these migraines this year, God's been with me through it all. And I I'm thankful for the time and I want to maximize my time with him. I don't want to try to drown it out or numb the pain with listening to a movie or something that I'm familiar with. You want to do sanctifying work, refining work? God, I'm up for it. Like I mm-hmm. I am in this thing with him. I don't want my phone. I yeah. I legitimately want to run 
to God because nothing else gives me peace the way that God gives me peace. Nothing else satisfies me mm-hmm. the way that God satisfies me because now my eyes are so in tune to fixed on him, watching him sustain me in every situation and every circumstance. Well, that's saying something to welcome the refining fire, because we know that he's going to purify our heart through those trials and through those storms and messes. But man, to say, I'm here for it, Lord, Mm -hmm. that takes some experience and knowing that God's trustworthy. Right. And, Mm -hmm. And that this refining work, he has been refining me for years. And sometimes it was so painful in years past that I'm ready to get out of it. Let's just end the work now. But this summer, he's he's done something in my mind where I'm like, don't stop the work until it is complete because mm-hmm. my life is not my own. And I'm yeah. so sick of living out of my flesh. Mm-hmm. This life's not about me. So have your way with me, God. Mm-hmm. Well, Gina, this has been amazing. Um, do you have any favorite resources that you just love and want to pass on to all of us listening? I do. I would love to share my favorite resources. I've got to tell you, I am a lover of books. And really, I know that now it is the idea of books. When I go to Mardell, I'm excited (laughs) about them. I love them. I love to purchase books, but I never actually get around to reading them. I mean, I've got shelves of them. But my favorite book of all is the Bible. And that is where you will find me every day of my life. That is my best resource. My favorite books of the Bible right now are Psalms. I have been studying the Psalms um, for eight years now. Amy, when I first met you in Bible study, you were teaching our girls how to seek out God's character traits, to circle them and to make lists that would start with the header of God is. Mm. This was new to me. I, this is something I had never done. And I remember, you know, we'd be in the 23rd Psalm and I would use my finger to go along like, okay, where is he? Who is he? Where is he? You know, yeah. and it was just challenging for me. And then now after doing it for so many years, his character, anytime I'm in the scriptures, it's just popping off the page to mm-hmm. me. So Love get it. in the Psalms. You want to know who your God mm-hmm. is? Get mm-hmm. in the Psalms. You will be reminded that he is the king, that he is sovereign, that he is our refuge and redeemer. That's a great discipline because I just finished the Old Testament and there's some days that you're like, all right, where's God's character in this? <laughs> and the war stories or whatever, but you can always find it. It's That's so right. good. As of this morning, my kiddos and I completed Psalm 133, doing the same thing with listing God's character traits. And when we tuck the kids in in bed, my daughter, without any coaching at all, will thank God for that day of what she learned for him. God, I thank you that you were compassionate. Mm -hmm. God, I thank you that your love is steadfast. Like teaching the next generation how to do these things. My other uh, book of the Bible that I love is Ephesians. I led a Bible study this summer to study it inductively. And it's such a powerful book. I mean, from chapter one to chapter six, like, first of all, our salvation, the fact that God's mercy saved us, that despite our sin and filth, um, but God, who is rich in mercy, saved us. I love that. I love ending it in God's armor. It's something that mm-hmm. I pray over my family every single day. I picture each piece on our bodies and anything that I can come to mind when that helmet of salvation, anything that I can think about with our minds, I am just working that out with God. But in the book of Ephesians, I know for sure three times it mentions that God and Jesus, like the fullness of him, his love is immeasurable. Mm-hmm. And that is something that absolutely fascinates that word yeah because he's immeasurable like you're not going to arrive we're not going to end at okay and now i know you yeah i know everything about you and so this lifelong journey and adventure that we get to be on him yeah i love that our god is immeasurable Mm -hmm. 
Um, Beth Moore's Breaking Free was a life changer for me. Really, mm-hmm. the chains of the captivity that I was into freedom really fell off. Then I also, it was in the first formal Bible study that I had done. I'm watching Beth Moore on the videos. I had never seen someone so passionate about God's word. Mm-hmm. And that was inspiring. It lit something inside of me. I also love Women of the Word, written by Jen Wilkin. I think that that is a great intro to studying God's Word. Like, Mm -hmm. it's going to equip you with some tools. And then a local ministry uh, that I went through a year ago was Heart Through Mind Bible Studies and learned how to inductively study God's Word. So not just reading the Word for the breadth, but getting that depth in there, whether or not it's like word definitions. And I am crazy about word definitions, like to really get in there and say, this is what this passage means. Like study the Greek and the Hebrew. Yes. It's so fascinating. And so those are my top resources. Awesome. That is so good. Gina, we're so blessed that you were on this episode today with us. And we'd love it if you would leave us with a final word of encouragement for our listeners. Sure. I would love to. Um, Amy, this actually has to involve you as well, that a year ago you asked a term to our Bible study girls. It was an icebreaker. She said, what is your FOMO, F-O-M-O, mm-hmm. which means fear of missing out. And my answer a year ago is the exact same as it is today, that my fear is missing out on everything that I could experience with the Lord this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. But as I was thinking about this, I have coined a new term that mm-hmm. is mo. F-O-Y-M-O. And that's, I have the fear of you missing out on experiencing everything that there is because we have one opportunity here on this earth. You know, when asked what the greatest commandment was, Jesus replied in Matthew 22, 37, said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. And so my prayer for you is that you will not be a wind chaser, Mm -hmm. that you will cut every single vine that entangles you from loving the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And your journey is going to look a lot different than mine. Chances are you're not going to spend two weeks in bed with a severe concussion, but I hope that you will learn from my experience that time with God is always worth it. And it doesn't take being on bed rest to be still and to know that God is God. You can start today because these investments of time with the Lord and His Word, it will transform your life. It will refresh you. It will feed you. And I pray that you are always on the lookout to see and watch Him sustain you in every situation and in every circumstance because our God is good, our God is faithful, and our God is at work. Mm. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Wow. So, so good. good. Thank you, Gina. We love you. We're so thankful for you. And this is such an encouraging, challenging word for us. Thank you for having me. It's been such a blessing. Well, as you just heard, there was so much richness in Gina's perspective. I hope you took notes, but if not, you can find highlights and those resources mentioned in the conversation notes. Now for the future, if you want to stay in the know and up to date so you don't miss any powerful conversations like this one with Gina, you can either subscribe to The Messy Table for free wherever you stream podcasts, or on our website, you can fill out the prompt to simply join our email list. It's hassle-free, spam-free. We only release an email that comes straight to your inbox every other Tuesday when a new episode goes live. And of course, you can always connect with us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast and get all kinds of updates and encouragement that way. Well, as you know, we are nearing the end of 2020, nearing the end of a very messy year. 
but we do not have to wait until 2021 to chase what matters most. So as you head back into your week, into your world with your very own people, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess. 